0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hearts Celtic at Murrayfield Then Aberdeen Rangers at Hamden That looks like the plan for the League Cup semi-finals Scott McKenna could be set to land a two-game ban For Saturday's challenge on Odson Edward And we hear from both Celtic and Rangers camps Ahead of two huge Europa League games tomorrow I'm Gordon Duncan And joining me tonight is Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi well, we better get ready to sit back, get ourselves strapped in, Jim, because it's going to be a tasty night. The SPFL have you turned, and we now have even more chaos. Yeah, I must say we are still awaiting official confirmation from the SPFL at the moment. But Jim, it does look like the revised plan is that a Hearts Celtic first up at Murrayfield. Uh, I think it's around a half past one kickoff in the afternoon, and then a bit later at Hamden, Aberdeen Rangers uh, at four thirty. Your thoughts? Well, I'm sure there'll be a lot of Celtic fans unhappy um, having to go through to Edinburgh. Um, I suppose the people who will be happy will be Hearts, Aberdeen and Rangers. Aberdeen Rangers at a later kick-off, which the Aberdeen fans will be a lot happier about. Hearts fans not having to travel through. I think there is a lot of common sense there um, with it, but it's just the way it's came about. As, and everyone said, it's been it's been a bit of a shambles, a bit of embarrassment. Uh, all those words have been used, and 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 you can't you can't disguise the fact, uh, Gordon, that um, you know if it had been done like that from the very start, I don't think anyone would have said Edna at all. Everyone would say, well, yeah, it's not too bad, but um, you know the way it's been the way it's been handled has been quite poor. Uh, get your thoughts in Just when you think You're you're done with the story And you might <laughs> You might move on To something else uh, Never lets you down Does it 0141-951-1025 If you would rather tweet Then we're at Clyde SSB And to be honest Mark This is where Scottish football Simply doesn't let you down There's big stories Everywhere you look I touched on it Scott McKenna All the yeah. talk At the weekend um, We'll look at it In a bit more depth But he has been um, I mean, the, the way it's been phrased is he's been offered. offered. That's not really the, the, the way it works, but he's essentially facing a two-match ban for that challenge on Odson Edward. And there we see it in 24 hours' time. We've got two huge Europa League games as well, so lots to get through. Oh, it's brilliant. Uh, you know, a great few days coming up. Gordon, we've also got Hearts, Hibs, Livingston, and Kilmarnock op- occupying the top four places uh, in the league. But what I'd love to know about our story at the top of the programme: what exactly triggered the change of mind? Because always believe If you believe in something Have the courage of your convictions And stand by it But for four days later To your U-turn What has triggered mm. this change And if it is Hearts v Celtic At Murrayfield I think that's unfair Because I think the other tie Should have been at Murrayfield Because effectively Hearts were playing home games there Last season And I'm not talking about geographically I'm talking about the fact That they stayed in So if anything Aberdeen Rangers Should be at Murrayfield and Celtic Hearts should be handed. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Right, let's start there. It's, it's, it's the breaking news. Um, it happened just before six o'clock. So, Jim, how, it's almost where do you start? Because I think you mentioned the point. Is it what's the main issue here? Is it the fact that that this is the plan? Will people disagree with the plan, or will they disagree with all the the toing and froing and, and U-turning and all the rest of it? Yeah, I think they'll disagree with that. Listen, it's a referee, you know, we've had this debate now. If a referee and his linesman, uh, the referee gives a gives a decision, the linesman calls him over and says, "No, listen, that was a penalty," and everyone says, "Well, as long as you get to the right decision, that's fine." Mm-hmm. So if people think just now, well, listen, we have got to the right. Well, Mark's maybe saying the other way around mm-hmm. the games, but 
play, play, don't play the two of them in the one city, in the one ground, in the one evening. I think that was the most important thing. I think, you know, you talk about games getting called off or snow or, or, or bad weather and, and the thing that always comes through is the safety of the fans is paramount. That's always what they'll say. So, in that, this aspect, you know, there the, the won't be the, the, the possibility of the confrontation with the four groups of fans. So that'll help as well. So for me, although it has been a mess, you know, I'm. I think it's it's the right decision. I think it's the right decision to to split the ties up, to play them at different ties in different cities. Uh, I think it was the only sensible solution, mm. as I said. So, you know, all, all I would, you know, if they're, if they're due any any um, kind of you know gratitude at all to, to them, you have to say right, okay. Eventually, they got the decision right, but it was fan pressure. It was maybe police pressure, you know, media pressure. You know, there was a lot of things. Where, as Matt it, says, if it, was and, a, if it was a police pressure, then I accept it one hundred percent. If the police says, "You know what? We've examined this. We are not in the position because, as Jim said, fan safety is of paramount importance." And I always say it. So, see if it's a police, then fair enough, I'll go with it. See if it's media pressure, or Kazan Budget said a wee moan, or Stuart Milne said a wee moan, then I, I, I don't accept that at all. They should be stronger and stand up to it. See on that police pressure though Mark how did we not know this when, when the initial well, decision exactly. was made I mean I understand what you're saying of course I think we all mm. acknowledge that you know fan safety is, is the most important thing why Why was that yeah, not? it should have been flagged up on Thursday yeah, yeah. The they police so, but you've got mm-hmm. and it was the same when it was given remember the, the Hugman A old film game mm-hmm. on the same day in the, uh, as you know the, the celebrations for New Year and you had mm-hmm. one of the top cops saying it's fine We'll handle it, not a problem Just as we had on Thursday When this announcement was made About the two games at Hamden The one day But then you've got a police rep Saying absolutely no way mm-hmm. We cannot do this This is unfair on the police force So the police can't even get their story straight 0141 Let's dive straight in Billy's a Celtic fan from Easterhouse Your thoughts Billy? Well I think it's uh, a really beggar's belief That this whole debacle one, per, one particular, Billy, because I know there's a lot of different yeah, aspects to it. Draws, of course, I'm talking about. No, no, I know that. I just mean, what bit are you most annoyed about, if you could... I'm most annoyed about that it seems to be sacrosanct that Rangers played at Hamden. I mean, why wasn't it put... As Celtic asked them to do, why wasn't it put into a draw? Uh, the, it, seems, that... it seems, again, to me, as if the SFA and the SPFL, that the Celtic fans are getting the sharp end of the stick all the way down the line here with it's us. Good. Yeah, it's got nothing yeah. to do with the SFA, to be fair, Billy. But Mark, that, that's a that's a question. To be fair, at the moment, we don't have have the answer to. That's another one that we need answered. That the SPFA have got to show proper transparency. And again, I'll go back to it. Why has there been a U-turn? What has triggered now? Mm-hmm. Listen, they get away with kind of you know brushing over things. And Thursday, not now. When you've U-turned, Neil Doncaster and the SPFL. We don't want a statement, Gordon. It's not good enough to send out a statement through the big partnership and give us six pairs. They must face the media either tonight or tomorrow and take questions and stand up and be counted because if they believe in what they're doing and they've no problems, they shouldn't have a problem facing the media because ultimately the media feed the news to the supporters. Having said that, Jim, if you go back to the original plan, you're having to, to remember the original plan, it was the police advice that Aberdeen Rangers took place first at Hamden. So I, I just wonder yeah. if that part of it was was best left alone from the police's perspective. Listen, as you say, it's all guesswork, and as as Mark's quite rightfully said, uh, rightfully said there, 
you know, if they come out and explain the reasons why, you know, Aberdeen uh, and Rangers are at Hamden uh, and at this particular time for the kickoff, and if they explain why Celtic and Hearts, then again, you might well disagree, but at least then you have, you know, the reasons why. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're, we were told that there was a, a big statement come out about the two games in one day, and it was after consultation with Police Scotland. So that was actually a part of the phrase. So, you know, you're then thinking, well, after consultation, <laughs> they've changed their mind. So th- th- I just think there's been an awful lot of um, negative publicity. I think there's been things they probably hadn't considered. And um, for me, as I said, I don't know why Celtic and Hearts are going to play through in Edinburgh. I, I, you know, that that is something that hasn't been explained to us. Um, so it's like Matt says They really have to come out And give the fans Transparency yeah. uh, Billy when you say That you're unhappy That Celtic have to go To, to Murrayfield And you think that, that Rangers and Aberdeen Should go there instead Why Why? Why do you, do you say what, that? What I'm saying is that It should have been a fair A oh, fair just a draw. Okay. way of, of allocating the games Not right. just I mean it seems to me That the media And uh, I'm not blaming anybody But it just seems to me That they all jumped on The bandwagon that the Celtic game would have to move rather than the Rangers game. I, I really don't see why. Well, again, for all we know, Billy, and we don't know, maybe there has been a draw or a toss of the coin or whatever. But again, just just tell us. Tell us how you reached the decision. That's all we're asking. I agree with that because some, some of our decisions in the last, the last few years have been baffling. And for this man that's at the top of the SPFL, for him to keep his job, is unbelievable How do you think this reflects On Neil Doncaster Mark Greedy Because Often when we have These discussions He, he gets a lot of criticism Because yeah. let's be honest Chief executives do They're yeah. there as the figurehead They're there to receive The criticism in many ways um, But people who will Sometimes defend them Will say well do you know what He's speaking on behalf Of the clubs Yeah. The only problem With that logic Is it certainly didn't sound like He was speaking on behalf Of Aberdeen and Hearts Last week No Well, On the programme On Saturday Gordon I defended Neil Doncaster and Ian Blair I thought it was a a good decision the best of a bad lot they were placing a really difficult position because of the, conge- the fixture congestion and I always try my very best to defend guys in, in that position same at the SFA because I think they're easy targets for supporters for the media for clubs they're easy targets but on this occasion I'll say what I said three or four minutes ago now that they've U-turned they must come out publicly and take questions not to be up there to be, to be slagged off or to be hammered, but to give us the truth. As I said, a statement from the PR company isn't good enough on this occasion. They need answers. We need answers because it has the thing as well that struck me about Anne Budge and, and Duncan Fraser and Stuart Milne um, at the weekend. They said, you know, dra dra dra, and their supporters are this, and they're not taking account. Did Anne Budge and, and Aberdeen voice his opinions during the meetings? Did Hearts and Aberdeen, or have they just. Playing the game for their supporters once they came out of the meetings. All of that needs cleared up as well. Uh, there's just not been enough answers. There's so many questions. But a starting point is whether it's tonight or tomorrow morning, the media are invited to the SPFL offices for Neil Doncaster and sit down and, in many ways, defend themselves mm. and defend their game. Because I think, in the moment, I don't like using the word, I think it's a wee bit of an embarrassment what's been going on. Right, Kenny the Jambo's on the line. Kenny, what do you make of this um, accusation that I keep seeing on social media that this is. Um, Unfair towards Hearts If that makes sense This plays into Hearts' favour uh, I don't think it really plays into Hearts' favour Hi guys uh, Hi Kenny no, it, was just, it was when Jim said earlier about uh, Obviously Hearts having to travel through And play 
Hearts have done it for years, Jim. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Every other team apart from Celtic and Rangers have all had to travel to to, to Glasgow, to Hamden. I mean, the first time I seen Hearts winning any, any major trophy in '98 was actually at Parkhead. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where the, the, the sentiment lies. He playing it, but but Scotland's home. You know what I mean? Uh, we actually played the final against Rangers with one stand missing at Parkhead mm-hmm. uh, that year. But I really think uh, it's 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 a mountain out of molehill. But I mean, it's, it's a shambles the way the whole thing's mm-hmm. panned out. But I'm sure that Hearts were the, the team drawn out first uh, to be like, if it, let's say there was two greens and it was a, the, the home tie. Uh, I, I didn't see a problem in reality with getting played at Murrayfield because at the end of the day, was it not Scott Brown that actually said that Hamden was the worst pitch he's ever played on in his life? Mm-hmm. Mm. I yeah, think in terms of atmosphere and stuff like that. Atmosphere, yeah, so, yeah, so, would, yeah. so would Scott yeah. Brown prefer to play the game at Murrayfield? <laughs> we'll let you ask him at some point <laughs> in, the, in the near future. Yeah. What, his, what, club, his club might tell him what he's got yeah. to say on that. What, what about this notion then, right? Because we, we all know that Hearts used Murrayfield as their home ground last season. Yeah. Now, such has been Celtic's success, and of course this isn't Celtic's fault, it's, it's born out of success, but they've played more at Hamden recently than Hearts have at Murrayfield, so th- does it really hand anyone an advantage? Well, but again, Gordon, I, I flagged it up at the start of the programme Is that any team apart from Hearts, if there's going to be a switch, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be at Murrayfield So for me, logic, and I'll tell you why Not because I think it gives Hearts a great advantage Again, it leaves the SPFL open to be accused of something by Celtic or other, other yeah. supporters and by Accu- Scottish Accused football. of what though? Because you, you also said at the top that it you didn't mean geographically because you're acknowledging that Celtic is as close to Hamden yeah. almost as, as Tynecastle is to, to yeah. Murrayfield. So, well, so what is it then? What, because Hearts had it as their home stadium last season. So but by that, do you mean then that they have an advantage in terms of familiarity? Because yeah, as I'm saying... It gives them an advantage but, in what should be a neutral semi-final. But are Celtic not as familiar with Hamden? Yes, but, as, but that's because Hearts Celtic are successful. Not okay. because Celtic had Hamden as a designated home ground. You can't punish a club for being successful. Again, it leaves the SPFL open mm. to be criticised. So if you move Aberdeen Rangers to Murrayfield, there's not there's not there's nothing there for it. There's not any advantage. How no matter how small, there's not any advantage in that. In terms of familiarity, does Hart Summer over overhaul of their squad come into it? I mean if if you were to pick a Hart starting eleven to play at Murrayfield against Celtic yeah, not, How many of them played at Murrayfield, Murrayfield last season? Yeah. Listen, you're, you're, you're right I don't, Craig Three, Levine was maybe only the two. manager For one of the two of the, the games I get all that But I'm just saying From an SPFL point of view Gordon just to It's make another it, stick to okay, beat them with I get that uh, Right um, William is a Rangers fan in Port Glasgow Give us your take on it William Hi there guys How are you doing? Hi, Hi William um, It was just really it discuss It's, it's a, more or less a frustration really at How the whole it's been turned into this whole big fiasco when at the end of the day it's two cup semi finals, they're both going to get played anyway and in my opinion it doesn't really matter where they get played, it's whoever is the best team on the day and both semi finals will go through and you've got Aberdeen and Hearts coming out complaining about it, Celtic saying there should be a ballot to see which semi finals take place where, which is ridiculous. The only club that's not actually come out and complained and moaned about it is actually Rangers. You know, Stephen Gerrard in his press conference again today saying we're just looking forward to the game. We're, we're going to Hamden as far as we're concerned that's it if it changes it changes you know it's. I just think everyone should really get on with it the, the set times are there mm. now I know it's been a bit of a disaster in the lead up to it but the games have now been set the times have been set the venues are set let's just get on with it really as far as I'm concerned I suppose William the fans of the other three clubs though would probably respond to you by saying <sighs> that's because Rangers have the least reason to be annoyed by it do, do you see that side of things? I do see that side of things, yeah, but um, at the same time, even if we went to Murrayfield, you know, there wouldn't be any complaints from us either. It just, it just doesn't make any sense for people to really 
be complaining about it, you know, just go on with the games. I can mm. see where you're coming from, Gordon, of course, but, you know, if the SFA turned around tomorrow and said, you know what, we're switching Rangers to Murrayfield, I wouldn't be bothered about it. I don't think the club would be bothered about it. You know, I would still quite happily try and get a ticket and go to the game. You know, I'm just looking forward to the semi-final, really. You know, you remember when at school and you used to write down your answer and the teacher would say, you know, you need to show you're working. That, that, that's almost what this is like, Jim. As you said, if they'd come out last week and this yeah. had been the plan, I don't think the reaction would have been anywhere near no. what, what it is, but it's it's the working, it's, it's what's happened to get to this answer that's yeah. frustrating most uh, yeah, people. Absolutely, I've said before. If uh, if you if you get there, if, if I mean, like I was saying before, when we spoke about a, a, a totally different uh, situation, but the analogy of of uh, Dembele going three weeks before the transfer window, there's no the same criticism as, as in the last few minutes, and even though it was the same the same end result, and in this situation here, it's the same end result. You, you've you've Changed it to two two different cities, changed the times, but obviously there's going to be some people happy, some people unhappy. Mm. I just think it's the best situation that could have happened, uh, in in the sense of I, I was I wasn't dreading the two games. I just think it'd have been you know you know people have been on edge, you know fans been on edge, police would have been on edge, you know and I, and I think when you go to a semi final, it's as a big occasion. You want to go there feeling relaxed. Getting behind your team, not thinking about oh well, wait a minute, have we got to hang about here for half an hour because the other fans are still in the vicinity, or have we got to get out quick because someone else is going to come in? So all of that thing is taken away. So uh, for me personally, although it wasn't done the way it should have been done, which is at the very start, I still think they've came to the right decision. On Twitter, Kevin McHugh says it's a scandalous decision, but not the least bit surprised. At least one team will be happy with the outcome. He says, I can't wait to find out how they come. To such decisions On the other hand Gary Henderson says No point in carrying on Moaning Giving what ifs and buts People were unhappy They wanted it changed And regardless of how It was changed So fair play Now let's get behind And look forward to what will be A brilliant day of football Now another big story Broke today In that Scott McKenna Is facing a potential Two match ban For that challenge On Odson Edward. So get your thoughts in On that as well Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors A team that gets results every week Talk to Thompson's.com Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard If you're just tuning in well, here's, what you're, here's what you've been missing Quite a lot Because the SPFL Have now confirmed it The League Cup semi-finals Both on October 28th um, as planned But what certainly wasn't as planned Hearts against Celtic Will now kick off at BT Murrayfield At 1.30 With Aberdeen Rangers Starting at Hamden At 4.30 So there we are We have confirmation 0141 Lots of you Have been having your say already We'll get back to it Don't you worry about that But let's talk about One of the other big stories Of the day And that is the fact That Scott McKenna Could be set to land A two game ban For Saturday's challenge On Odson Edward Aberdeen have already Come out Very much Against it saying it came as a total shock To learn that Scott has been cited for an incident Where the referee deemed there was no offence committed And we've subsequently lodged An appeal now that there will be a hearing A bit later on in the week Your, your initial thoughts before we look in a bit more depth Mark and Jim uh, Yeah I think Aberdeen will appeal And, and rightly so um, I obviously wasn't at the game as it came up Motherwell But when I heard you guys in the studio talking about it on Saturday Having had the benefits of Of a replay and stuff I thought, oof, it sounded as though uh, Scott McKenna was lucky not to be arrested at Celtic Park on, on Saturday afternoon. Having watched it back myself on, on sports scene and uh, on online at the, at the weekend, I don't think it's as bad as some people are making out. So uh, certainly if I'm Aberdeen, I think Scott McKenna would be unlucky. Yes, he's off the ground. 
But I don't think it's a particularly vicious um, challenge. I wouldn't call it vicious in, in any manner. I can understand why referee Bobby Madden's uh, missed it. Um, it wasn't a nice challenge, but I don't think it was vicious. Therefore, I would certainly appeal. So you don't think it was a red? Then you would have. No, I don't think it was a. No, I don't think I personally. No, I can understand why some would say mm-hmm. yes, but for me personally, no, not a red. I think it was a red. <laughs> so I think he's not in control. It's reckless. It's dangerous. He's endangering an opponent. I think it, mm. you know all, all, all the everything that you know now um, you would cover is excessive force. He's he, as I said, he's not in control, and I think that um, is endangering an opponent. And I think when you look at all those things, I think it would be hard to argue against those type of things. I don't think I think it's one of those he's going for the ball. I've got no doubt he's he's went for the ball hundred percent. But because the ball's high and he's went there with both feet off the ground, I I think it's a, it's a red card. And if the referee didn't see it, then obviously they're then entitled mm. to to look at yeah. it again. Um, if the referee maybe said, "Oh, listen, my my view was obstructed," you know, fair yeah. enough. Uh, then in which case it goes to the, the review panel. Um, but as I said, obviously Aberdeen have been a bit miffed anyway because mm. of the the Mikey Devlin situation earlier on in the season. Um, so I don't I don't think the, the you know they're too confident if it has to go to, if it goes goes to a review. I mean that is essentially what's happened here. Let's remind ourselves for the the, the sake of accuracy what what has actually happened. So so essentially uh, the compliance officer finds out about this if you like from a, a number of places. It could be the referee. It could have been flagged up by a club, whatever it may be. Um, and essentially it has to have not been seen. By the match officials Mark yeah. Now of course the referee was He was there But what he must have said For it to get to this Is that he either didn't see it at all Or he didn't see the part of the challenge That would mm-hmm. have been The serious foul yeah, play That would have been through. the yeah. red card What then happens Is the three former referees Independently They're not together by the way They're not sitting around the table like we are They're in their, their own homes They're independently asked to review The incident And unanimously They all have to say Yes, that should have been a red, which they obviously did, and that's what leads us yeah. to, to this. So that, that's how we got there. So let's um, let's go back onto the phones uh, and get some opinions. And see that? See the way that you've explained that there. A bit of clarity. That's Everybody what knows what where they stand. What have the SPFL done tonight? They've sent out their usual bog standard six part statement. Listen, meet the media tomorrow and stand up and ask them questions. Defend yourselves and give us the answers that. Everybody's looking to find out Don't just cherry pick What you want to release That's what the SPFL Must do tomorrow Stand up Be counted Face the media <laughs> These are separate issues Remember Let's 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 not muddy these At the moment uh, Right who was first up I think it was Sean and Dumbarton Hi Sean Hi how are you doing Not um, bad what Sean was, uh, What I was going to ask Is the question about The Scott McKenna challenge You have just said that You don't think it's A red card It was just to see Why you don't think it's a red card well, Jim did but, but Mark didn't Mark, give it, give it another bash. Yeah, listen, when Jim says, you know, that it ticks all the boxes, then yeah, it does. I just think he's a, he's a bit unlucky, as I say. I don't think it's vicious. Um, he's, he's certainly, mm. he's caught Edward in the follow-through, but I don't think he's going in with the intention to get Edward. Well, he's going in with the intention to get the ball. So if people say it's a red card, I totally understand it, but I'm just saying, if I'm Aberdeen, I would certainly appeal mm. it and, 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 and have your say, because as I say, I don't think there was any nastiness meant from the player Maybe it will help if we understand what, what serious foul play is So I'll read the rules, black and white, not my words These are IFAB's words and you can make up your own mind So a tackle or challenge that endangers the safety of an opponent Or uses excessive force or brutality must be sanctioned 
As serious foul play Any player who lunges at the opponent In challenging for the ball From the front From the side Or from behind Using one or both legs With excessive force Or endangers the safety uh, Is guilty of serious foul play So Jim that's You, you certainly think it, it falls under that criteria Yeah I mean again I said obviously uh, no, no, no disrespect But I know I know that, that that's the rule So therefore You know It doesn't matter if it's one foot Two feet uh, Two feet uh, Whatever um, to me, that that covers the bases of of, of a red card. Um, you know, it, it surprised me that the referee didn't see it or his assistant didn't see it uh, at at the time. And I think that again, that goes back to what frustrates managers in particular. Yeah. Well, listen, he didn't even give a free kick. You know, so how can you all of a sudden go from not even a yellow card, not even a free kick, to a, to mm. a to a red and a two match ban? So these are the kind of things that frustrates me. I could understand Derek's uh, frustration, but I think. Um, if, put it this way If there ever But I pulled a red card out During the game I don't think too many people Have argued about it Yeah I don't mean to split hairs too much But just on the Aberdeen statement Mark So like I say for instance It says it came as a total shock To learn that Scott Has been cited for an incident Where the referee deemed There was no offence Committed mm-hmm. y- You can sort of see Where Aberdeen are coming from But by the, the simple fact That we've got to this Point mm-hmm. It's not that the referee Didn't think there was an offence committed It's that he didn't see it yeah. Or I didn't see one You see yeah. the difference there I know yeah. it might be no, subtle absolutely. But Listen Aber- Aberdeen are playing the game And I know why I mean listen This is the same Aberdeen That I've been asking for VAR A couple of weeks ago And now you know Something's happened With the, re- with the chance to, to, to review it And then they're, they're having a pop and, and as much off. as I'm kind of Siding with Aberdeen's <laughs> View on it You, know, you, can't, have, you can't have it always So um, No listen I understand what Aberdeen are saying But I totally get to Why there's been a decision To suspend them or Sean, offer, Sorry Offer a suspension yeah. uh, Sean final word to you on this yeah, well, I think basically Aberdeen have probably covered ourselves from the Nike Devlin challenge. As as I said, I think um, the Nike Devlin challenge is probably the same on Austin Edward and Scott McCain has not received a red, but Nike Devlin has received a red for that challenge. Well, listen, we'll find out. It should really be tomorrow, actually. Yeah, it should be tomorrow, or certainly. I hope I've not got, got that wrong. So yeah. certainly in the coming days, it's usually the the fourth the, the fourth working day, yeah, yeah. as they call it, after the fixture. So that would indeed be Thursday. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Let me have a quick look on Twitter. I honestly think we're setting a new record for Twitter notifications tonight, <laughs> and I think it's all because of this Hamden Murrayfield thing. Yeah. Computer is struggling to keep Gordon as, as a As a journalist As a man at the head of the phone in And Clyde Super scoreboard Do you agree with me in, in terms of the SPFL Have to put on a media conference Do you agree with me on that Well I would love to be able to, to but, have but it genuinely, yeah, absolutely. Seriously, yeah, they, yeah, they absolutely they, Do they not owe To Scottish football To themselves And all these supporters mm. That we've been talking about To explain Why they have A Let's go back to, to this time last week So how did you reach that decision On Thursday what exactly did Hearts and Aberdeen say in the room? Did they say the same things that they moaned about in public or did they not? And then why have you, why have you U-turn? Why is Hearts Celtic at Murrayfield? Why is that now the first kick-off when Celtic are travelling back for Europe on a Thursday night again? Should that not be flipped round? And in, in, in the interest of fair play in terms of don't punish clubs for being involved in European football? All those little things, let's answer the questions. There are certainly more questions than answers, I will agree with you uh, on that one. Stephen's in Canvas Lang on this Scott McKenna business. Stephen? Hi, how you doing? I would just like to really get away from the, the idea of why they've reviewed it and then decided in retrospect that it's a foul when everybody in the stadium, Aberdeen, Celtic, if you were like a neutral, you could see in the, the front of your eyes it was a red card incident. Mm. 
And for the referee to stand and say that he either never seen it or in his opinion he didn't think that it was a red card, it's absolutely shocking. Mm. And we shouldn't be talking here about Scott McKenna and Aberdeen uh, trying to, you know, try to get the, the opposed it. Let's talk about the standard of the refereeing. It's absolutely shocking. And yet again, we're in another season of football and we're talking about how bad the decisions have been for the referees. Mm. It really is about high time somebody got the scruff of the neck of this thing and really started figuring out how do we get good, high, good quality referees in one game. Because we're far, far, mm. we need it so badly. I'm it really is spoiling the game. I may be in danger of repeating myself here, Jim, but I do think it's important to draw a distinction it's not that the referee didn't think it was a foul at the time It's that he didn't see that part of yeah. the incident To yeah. some people that Maybe there is no difference there But that would that would be what the referee yeah. would say I can't I can't give what I didn't see Yeah, no, I mean Referees pick up certain positions In relation to the to the, the ball and the, and the other players But sometimes somebody runs across someone Just as someone's got to tackle And just blocks your view off And in the speed of the game That can be a millisecond And that millisecond can be all it takes Not to see that challenge seen one the other week there and it was in fact the boy um, tweeted it was against Troy Deeney I think it was Fulham and he went over and he tweeted after it listen it was an apology it was a bad tackle mm-hmm. but the referee's view was blocked to me that was a horrendous challenge but he got booked for it so the referee maybe must have seen something but not quite seen it as bad so the referee couldn't then get a, a, a red card because the referee did, did actually see the incident but maybe no you know 100% so all these things can impact the referee's decision um, so I've got sympathy for referees in, as I said in the speed of today's game but uh, again I, I don't think it's Scottish referees if you watch any <laughs> game at the weekend they'll spend half the evening debating uh, you know uh, situations de- de- debating uh, calls you know that referees have made uh, whether it's goals offside I mean the other night there there's offside goals you know, lines on the line mm. and debate it for, you know, half the programmes now are, are, are dedicated, as I say, to looking at uh, referees and, and, and officials' errors. And that's in English, top English Premier League, mm-hmm. where they're full time. It's in Europe, where a lot of referees are full time. So I don't think our referees are any worse than anyone else. But of course, they can be better. There's no doubt about it. I would just like to see a little bit more. Communication with referees that That's for me I, I, I certainly think mm-hmm. That would definitely help A little bit This is something that comes up All the time Around these incidents Mark Stephen saying there That What about What about the referee Because essentially mm-hmm. If If Scott McKenna Gets this two match ban That in Stephen's mind is, is proof if you like That the referee Didn't do his job At Bobby the time Adams. So therefore yeah. What happens well, Only John Fleming In the SFA uh, Can answer that again I agree with Jim and as you know, Gordon, I, I try and defend referees as much as possible. I, you know, I think they fall into that bracket. I was talking about earlier, chief executives and stuff, and the, the power brokers in the game. They're, they're easy targets, but I have to say, you know, this season and the first six weeks of the season, I do find it hard to defend some of the decisions. I think some of the, the sort of red cards in the review panel process, um, in which the authorities are involved. Absolutely baffling. Not S- doing themselves any favours. Same process as the English Premier League, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. just wonder if we. Why and how we treat these things differently But it's the same judicial yeah. process As the English no, Premier like, League It's fine But for me When you have reviewed For example Gary Dicker's red card mm. For Kilmarnock was, was it Aberdeen or Hearts Who were playing Can't remember Hearts. Um, Hearts And then you review Mikey Devlin's red card Aberdeen mm. v Kilmarnock At Pittori. I'm thinking And you review Alan McGregor Against Christopher How can you Come to the decisions That they mm-hmm. came to For me Absolutely that That is baffling I can accept For example Bobby Madden Missing that 
um, on Saturday I do accept that But when you get the chance To review them Some of the decisions Wow Brendan Rogers speaking In Austria tonight Ahead of the big game tomorrow He's got other things On his mind though And he says The process of deciding The League Cup semi-final schedule Has been unfair On the clubs And the supporters This one is going to rumble on And on and on Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to Thompson's.com it's Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy who are here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. A couple of big stories dominating things. The first is the breaking news just before we came on air uh, that the semi-final arrangements have been, I was going to say finalised, but I'm a bit, I'm a bit worried <laughs> about using that word just in case. At the moment. Th- this should be it. This, this should well, be it finalised. So Hearts against Celtic at Murrayfield at half past one, then Aberdeen against Rangers at Hamden half past four, both on the 28th of October. We've also got news that Scott McKenna could be facing a two-match ban for the challenge on Scott McKenna. No, on odds on Edward. That would be quite something if he tackled himself. Uh, at Clyde SSB, if you want to get your thoughts in, um, later on in the show, we're going to hear from Brendan Rogers in Austria and Stephen Gerrard as well because we've got some big games and it would be lovely to talk football. But let's speak to Kenny and Bayliston first. Hi, Kenny. Hi, good evening, guys. Hi, Hi Kenny. Hi, what's your Hi, point tonight? Jack, uh, just a quick point about referees. Um, what I was saying to your, your researcher there, uh, my dad was a FIFA referee. I'm from Bayliston and Glasgow here. Um, I was brought up my dad doing all the small games, the Balfrons, the Aberfoyles. The Kickens. My dad learned his trade. I, I, I tracked around all these places as a kid in the 60s with him learning his trade. He eventually made it onto the FIFA list. Now, I know what my dad went through to get to what he went, to get to that level, and, and the hassle, and the cutting his teeth, if you like. Now, I don't know what happens to referees nowadays. I don't know how. My dad thinks, and he still watches the games, he still thinks that it's maybe they're getting fast-tracked too quick, too sharp, not learning enough about their trade. So... Mm. That's just my, my my dad's opinion and probably mine as well. But some of the, sh- the decisions we see are pretty shocking, and I and I kind of sit in the middle of the road with the, the decisions that they make it sometimes because I can understand they've got a split second decision to make, and we can look at the replays, etc., etc. But this last tackle, uh, Edward, was just horrendous and. These things make you doubt of the standard that we have here. So uh, I just thought your your opinions about the fast tracking, if that's what happens to them. Uh, Mark, well, I, I do know for sure that they do still have to to cut their teeth in the juniors, yeah. for instance. That that still yeah. happens, right? Right Absolutely. to this day, they yeah. they have to referee junior yeah. games and work their way up. I mean, what I don't know is whether that still is happening too quick for for the likes of Kenny's like, and I, I don't know. That would be down to sort of personal. Preference, but they, they, there is still yeah. a process in place. There would also be a sign of you know that the well. Monitored um, and marked, um, you know, when they're doing smaller games or you know, high, less profile games, and it's like it's like a footballer or in any walk of life. If you're shown promise and you're shown you're up to it, you, you will get fast tracked, mm. and rightly so. You know why? Why should they have to wait till thirty four or thirty five? If you're good enough at twenty seven, twenty eight, get yourself in there, and they are getting younger and younger. Who who is your who is your dad, Kenny? Uh, his name is Tommy Marshall. Tommy Marshall. So. Uh, it's from many, many, many years ago. ago, but he's still with us and he still watches the games and knows what's going on. But yeah, 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 he was, uh, he was on the FIFA list for a few years. No, listen, in, in general, we, we keep hearing, you have John Fleming and, and John's predecessors and stuff like that saying, you know, we, we need to be careful that we're not driving referees out of the game because of the criticism, their invasion and their private life. And for example, what happened in, in, in Sunday to the assistant ref, all those kind of things, we need to be careful because you do need referees. But sometimes they just don't mm. help themselves. Now the re- referees definitely have to go through a system, you know, of learning. 
Um, you know, they have to go, to go through the... Some of them can start, depends on where they are, and they can start at the amateur level, but certainly they go through the junior, then the lower leagues. Yep. Uh, and then, obviously, as, as Mark said, depending on, you know, how they've how they've um, progressed, can they can they move to the, to the top level? But it does take a, still a significant amount of time. You know, no one gets there within, within a year or two. It's, it's definitely, um, you know... Uh, a lot of hard work so I, I think the referees do um, you know still learn their trade still under but but the, the game changes all the time you know and as I said I think the biggest difference Kenny between say for talking sake today and, and when your dad would do it is the analysis of the game yeah. well, you know every the every tackle every you know fraction of offside every handball everything is detailed analysis and slow motion we umpteen camera angles and it's very very difficult now for the referee because if he gets one thing wrong now it is highlighted mm. and discussed and debated so I think that, that you know it's very very difficult for referees now because of you know the, the, the coverage that the, the top level games in particular um, bring in VAR will bring even more yeah. uh, when that when that comes in Yeah, David Winnings on Twitter uh, on the subject of Scott McKenna basically saying can we find out who reports it to the compliance officer and how she makes her decisions well listen th- it can be done in a number of ways the referee himself may well have reported it uh, the referee department can report it someone from any of the clubs could report it there are, yeah. the, the, the compliance officer can find out if you like in any number of ways and to be honest Mark Guidi if, if you look at the way The process works The compliance officer I'm going to pick my words carefully I'm not going to say Is Blameless But she doesn't actually Make any Decisions Other than to follow The, the, the protocol she, yeah. she has to receive The The, the complaint If you like uh, And then a, a notice of complaint Cannot be issued Unless the three Former yes, referees right. Unanimously Say so So yeah. in, in many ways the compliance officer is only really there to make sure the process happens, not to decide anything, not Absolutely. to decide to, to, to discipline players. Couldn't I put it better myself, Con? Oh, yeah, right, we'll move on. Kenny's in Motherwell. Hi, Kenny. Okay. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Not Hi, bad, Kenny. Kenny. Give us your thoughts. Just a bit frustrating, guys. I mean, I've been listening to the phone and, um, for the last couple of weeks about, well, since the, well, since, since the draw went for um, the two cup semi-finals. And um, I think that Neil Doncaster has got an awful lot to answer for. It's um the League Cup is one of our premier competitions. It's been going for, for over seventy years and it's probably never had such a, a turbulent time in organising a couple of football matches. It's absolutely ridiculous that this guy has actually still been able to hold a position at the top of our game. Um you know everybody knew um that it was going to be the case that having four of our largest football teams in this country at Hamden Park in the one day, um, that it was just absolute madness. You know, forgetting about the policing side of it, the transport links, and part of the reason that they were thinking about moving away from Hamden was because the transport links are not good enough. Never mind, let's fire 100,000 fans into that area within the space of a day. So, you know, Neil Doncaster um, just seems to have absolutely no common sense, which... It's 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 absolutely unbelievable to think that it's the case. I mean, this is a guy whose his career um, is he's just a solicitor. So you know, when it comes to, to things like that, he should be one of these sensible people who looks at the legalities of things and 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 makes informed and good decisions. But he doesn't seem to have the ability to do it. And also, the fact that you made a statement last week 
turning around and saying that, um, oh aye, everybody was in agreement. It was a lie. And he's proved it to be a lie because he's went and came out that, you know, everybody else has is, is, is called him out on it. And he's, he's now changed his tune mm. and had the most embarrassing U- U-turn that I've seen in Scottish football from the time that I've been watching it. The man's an absolute disgrace. And he's bringing down one of our premier competitions. Maybe this is sorry, Kane. I was just going to say it's quite interesting the fact, Mark, because I sort of understand. You know, if a, if Celtic fans phone in and say I'm raging at this because we're having to go to Tynecastle, or Aberdeen fans phone in and say I'm raging because we need to get to Hamden and there are no trains on. Kenny's a Motherwell fan, so there are fans now looking from the outside who are yeah. not even involved and are still very disappointed at, at the the. The, the government, if you like, is yeah. that that eventually must become a concern. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and Kenny makes a lot of good points, but I don't know if I can agree with these points because I don't know the truth. And I'm not going to say Neil Doncaster told a lie. I don't know if he did. You've got to remember Neil Doncaster covers a lot of backsides in the SPFL, and, and they'll take the flat. That's why, and I'll say it again. I've said it all night. You need to put a media conference on and sit down and face the questions. Just for example, a number of the points that Kenny's raised. Okay, we think that's what's happened, but we don't know. So if you sit and you don't sit down, defend yourself here and come out and say, yeah, that's why we reached that decision. That's why we reached that. No, Hearts and Aberdeen didn't complain in the office, but they complained in public to make it look good for fans. Or they did complain vociferously, but I had to stand up. Or the police told me this. A BT sport dictated that that's the way it had to be. We don't know, Gordon. Again, once again, and it's really, I find it quite insulting actually, and I'm not a paying customer of football games, but I find it quite insulting that this is one of the biggest stories in Scottish football, as you said, in a long, long time. And once again, we get a six-par statement. Not good enough. Thank you to Kenny in Motherwell uh, We'll end on a, on a high for this hour shall we This is something I had on my sheet to bring up a long time ago David Murray's on Twitter He says Hamilton's under-19s came away from Basel In the under-20 Champions League With a two-all draw Well done boys oh. and all the coaches involved In their first ever Euro games There we are, yeah. flying the flag Yeah, they won, result, they that, won the, the league last year The first time to play in the Champions League Under was it 19s mm-hmm. So and the 17s uh, win the league And yeah, then you become the 19s, 19s And uh, to go away to Basel And uh, get a 2 each draw uh, fantastic But yeah. Hamilton have got a fantastic good policy um, You know They've got a real uh, Infrastructure there Which uh, a lot of clubs um, Would be envious of Beat the pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL Latest every Monday Wednesday and Saturday Lots to talk about tonight But we are in Austria With the Celtic camp Ahead of their big Europa League game tomorrow And of course Stephen Gerrard Has been speaking to the media Today as well So we'll do both of those In the second hour After Beat the Pundit Jim and Mark are standing by If tonight is your night And you fancy your chances 0141 951 Do it quick You only have until the news At 7 o'clock Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to Thompson's.com Mark Guidi are here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard uh, We've been talking all things League Cup semi-final Both confirmed for the 28th The first one Hart Celtic at Murrayfield The second one Aberdeen Rangers at Hamden We've also been talking Scott McKenna Potentially facing a two-match ban For the tackle on odds on Edward. We're going to hear from Brendan Rodgers Our reporter Andrew McLean is in Austria And we're going to hear from Stephen Gerrard as well So get your thoughts in on tomorrow's games Two huge games And we'll get to that after this Beat the Pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL latest Every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday 
important business first They'll beat the pundit Mark and Jim both standing by And one of them is going to take on Mark from Linwood Who's a Rangers fan tonight Mark, confident? Uh, similar, um, not too much But I'll give it a go Do you usually fare well when you're playing along at home And there's no pressure on? Sometimes it depends on the question <laughs> yeah, that, 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 is, that is it in a nutshell It does indeed depend on the questions Heads it's Mark Weedy Tails You'll be playing Jim Duffy And it is Tails So Jim Duffy up against Mark from Linwood Let me give Jim some Clyde 2 So that he doesn't know what we are saying uh, And we'll get your questions up and running Mark you've got 30 seconds Head to head The secret is you can pass Here is your chance to beat the pundit You ready? Yep Which Scottish Premiership team does striker Lee Miller play for? Uh, what Scottish team is nicknamed the Blue Brazil? Um, Which Ross County player suffered a broken foot in Saturday's 5-1 win against Dundee United? Pass. These are tough. Which Premiership team has signed former Rangers midfielder Grant Nelson? Dundee. What English Championship manager has today been sacked? Steve Okay. Let me bring back Jim Duffy. Right, Jim Duffy, can you hear me? Yep. You can. Same set of questions to you. Time starts now. Which Scottish Premiership team does striker Lee Miller play for? Yeah, Livingston. Which Scottish team is nicknamed the Blue Brazil? Cowdenbeath. Which Ross County player suffered a broken foot in Saturday's 5-1 win at Dundee United? Which Premiership team has signed former Rangers midfielder Grant Nelson? Premiership team mm-hmm. Scottish uh, Premiership team Oh Scottish uh, Aberdeen uh, What English Championship manager Has today Been sacked Oh I'm just going look at today's paper yeah. Not got a clue uh, That was quite a recent one You might not be surprised When I tell you the answer But it was Just before you come into the studio I would mm. say That's maybe why you've missed the window mm. there uh, Right Mark You've heard Jim's attempts Does that fill you with confidence or dread? It should uh, <laughs> well, uh, Let's go uh, well I'll tell you what Jim got off to a good start He knew Lee Miller Played for Livingston So it was 1-0 to Jim uh, He did make it 2-0 The Blue Brazil Kevin Beef um, And Jim I don't know what you're talking about You're absolutely flying Michael Gardine The Ross County player Who suffered a broken foot In fairness to you Mark Maybe it was just stage fright But you eventually got there And you mounted Somewhat of a comeback It's Dundee Who've signed Grant Nelson The English Championship Manager sacked I can only assume It's Steve Bruce it's Steve Bruce yeah. Was it? I mean, what, what a couple of days Gets a cabbage chucked at him On the side of the pitch And he's gone Terrible. Ever had a cabbage chucked at you, Jim? Uh, no, I quite like cabbage <laughs> yeah, Pick it up and cook it There are, in fact It's on the television In front of us right now Steve Bruce has been sacked So, do you know what, Mark? The comeback was decent But it was too little, too late Jim Duffy had three on the board By that point You only managed two And that means he has Pipped you to the post Hard lines, Mark Ah, no worries yeah, Good man, a 3-2 win for Jim Duffy So he got there, he sneaked See nothing it. up and hanging on in the last minute Yes, yeah, sneaked <laughs> it indeed Right, I know there's lots to be said still about the semi-finals And Scott McKenna and referees and all the rest of it So don't worry, we probably will get back to that But <laughs> let's talk football Let's go to Austria and speak to our reporter Andrew McLean uh, Who's with the Celtic camp ahead of that game tomorrow How are you Andrew? Yeah, not bad at all. Just sat here in the in the Red Bull Arena at the moment, and to be fair, I left Glasgow yesterday in the rain, and I've arrived here, and it's exactly the same. Salzburg. To be fair, though, it is a very picturesque city, so uh, I, can't, I can't complain too much. Yeah, absolutely no sympathy from us. What 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 are the surroundings like then? The Celtic fans, perhaps already over there, are listening now and heading over. What's the stadium like? What awaits them? 
yeah, like I said, it's picturesque, but to be fair, the outside of the stadium is the complete opposite. It looks like a maximum security prison, but when you get inside, it's actually really good looking. I'm sat here looking out from the press box. It's, it's quite like a mini San Siro, actually. 31,000 is the capacity here. Last I heard, I think 22,000 tickets sold for the game tomorrow. About 1,500 of those are Celtic fans. They'll be tucked away to my right-hand side in that corner that's got a sort of net covering it. But, uh, yeah, it should be a, should be an interesting game. Salzburg, a very strong side as well. But uh, lots to get excited about for this one. Particularly at home, Andrew, the record on that pitch that you're looking at is incredible. Oh, it's an, it's an unbelievable record. As you say, two years since they've lost a match here, so... Celtic know that they're in for a very tough game and you just need to look at the league table to see that nine games they've played so far this season in the league and they've won all nine so it's quite incredible really so Celtic will be in for a tough game here tomorrow Yeah, Brendan Rodgers understandably Andrew talking in his pre-match media conference um, about the game tomorrow the challenges that lie ahead but I'm, I'm sure he was also reacting to the big news coming out of Scotland this afternoon as well yeah, well, that broke just before Brendan Rodgers came into the press room and he said that his gripe with the semi-final scandal is that he thinks the whole process of deciding who plays where and when has been unfair on both the clubs and supporters. He also says Murrayfield isn't a neutral venue for the two sides because Hearts played some home games there last season and he said he expects that Celtic will be allowed to train there before the game. I don't mind where we play, to be honest, whether it's Hamden or whether it's Murrayfield. I think my... my feeling would be that I'd be disappointed with the process. I think that it's unfair. I think we're all, we all see the sense in not having the two games. I think we said it at the time, having two games on the one day in the same venue, so very close together, didn't, probably didn't seem right for everyone. So at least there's a decision made to take it away from Hamden. But then you have to be fair to all four teams and for all sets of supporters. Supporters are, you know, the minute it's booked that we were playing at a quarter to eight, there'll be people of book flights and boats and organised journeys and cars now for it to change but then to change and, and play elsewhere I just think it's an unfair process it just feels as if it's assumed that, that Celtic and, and Hearts should go to, uh, to Edinburgh and if we're talking about a neutral venue then it's certainly not neutral with Hearts having played you know, part of the season there last year So, uh, but like I say we're happy to be in the semi-final but of course, I think the process is unfair. I would assume that we will have an option to train there before we play. If you consider that it was Hearts' home ground for a period of months, uh, I've never been to Murrayfield in my life. What about the challenge that lies ahead for Celtic and Brendan Rodgers tomorrow, Andrew? I know he felt there were signs that they were getting back to their best against Aberdeen at the weekend. They obviously got the group off to a winning start um, against Rosenborg. So what, what about tomorrow's challenge? Yeah, well, I, I mentioned that brilliant domestic record that they're, they're unbeaten, actually, in, in all competitions. But despite that, they have had a bit of disappointment, like Celtic. They were in the Champions League qualifiers as well. They got to the playoff round, like Celtic, but they were also knocked out. But they've come into this competition where they fared, fared so well last season. They not only topped their group, but they beat the likes of Borussia Dortmund. They beat Lazio. They made it all the way to the semi-finals. And then they met Marseille and that's where they eventually got put out in the last four but this team are certainly no mugs at all and as we said earlier two years unbeaten here and they've got striker Munas Tabur who scored 29 goals last season Israeli international he should be coming up against Scotland next month or this month sorry in the uh, Nations League qualifiers he's already got 13 goals in 15 games this season so he's definitely the danger man to look out for well, a very difficult challenge, but one that we're ready to embrace and, and really look forward to. They're a team that clearly high in confidence. 
you know, domestically. I think we looked, reached the semi-finals of the, the competition last year, and we'll feel that they were close to to getting to a final. We'll probably be disappointed, bitterly disappointed, being two 0 up in your final qualification game, and then losing out on away goals. So that tells you the you know that they will see themselves as a Champions League team, and for us it's a it's a it's a great challenge for us to to show our experience and look forward to the game. You know you know you have to defend well. You know you have to be concentrated. You know you have to match. The intensity and the work rate, and then what I do know is that when we uh, when we have the possibilities to play and have possession, we want our possession to be dangerous. So yeah, we're, we're looking forward to, to that challenge. The pitch is beautiful; it's a lovely stadium. It'll be a really, really good evening for the game. Both teams have started off in the group with with good victories. So uh, so yeah, we, we come to here and uh, we will we will look to do well. We're going to hear from Stephen Gerrard ahead of Rangers game very soon indeed. But Celtic fans, you've heard Brendan Rodgers uh, two years since your opposition lost at home semi-finalists of the competition last year. Can you be the team which ends that unbeaten run at home? 01419511025. Give us your thoughts right now. Jim Duffy, um, if you're going, and we all know football is not played on paper, but a couple of those stats just show how tough it's going to be for Celtic tomorrow night. Yeah, I think sometimes we're a wee bit ignorant to the quality of other play, other teams, and you know we kind of dismiss them if if they're not one of the, you know, the big guns. You know, we kind of say, oh well, you know, we should beat them. You know, and and kind of just uh, push them aside. But um, their records, um, their experience, and um, their quality tells you this is going to be a really tough test for Celtic. This is, uh, um, you know, I think if Celtic can manage to get Eden at all from the game. Uh, I think uh, we'll see that Celtic are on the way back to, to the level of performance and um, that they've been searching for all season. But they will have to be, you know, if not at their, their best, very, very close there to have any chance, I think, in this particular tie. Having said that, Mark Weedy, and I know people will instantly say, yeah, well, Celtic aren't playing as well as they have done in previous seasons, but they have racked up a couple of impressive performances and impressive results away in the Champions League, and that would probably be the, the sort of blueprint, if you like, that Brendan Rodgers will try and get back to. Yeah, I mean, I, I've said before, when I've been disappointed with the way Celtic have defended in a number of European games, particularly away from home, and I think they... They try to be too nice and, and too clever and too precise. When for me, sometimes your backs to the wall. Clear that Rose said it. Just and I know that's old fashioned, but as somebody said to me many many years ago, old Dougie Bailey was tough. Nobody's ever scored for the stand, you know. And sometimes just clear your lines. I don't think Celtic show enough aggression um, in defence. So they need to show that tomorrow night. Interestingly, Brendan Rodgers spoke a couple of days ago, but possibly changing his style. You know, he's always thought we'll, we'll play the one way and that's the way we play. But he's hinted that he might just change it for tomorrow night So it will be a tough test um, And they'll do very well to to avoid defeat tomorrow night That's for sure uh, Stephen and Paisley Celtic's opposition tomorrow haven't lost at home in two years How how high are your confidence levels that Celtic can change that tomorrow? To be very honest <laughs> not, not very I think a draw would be a fantastic result for Celtic tomorrow night A draw would do me And I think most Celtic fans would say that as well what about this idea of perhaps changing the approach then, as Mark Guidi says? I mean, you could say that Celtic's old approach, if you like, got them some good away results. I'm thinking Anderlecht in particular and one or two others. What are you expecting in terms of how they go about it? I would think Brendan will change it. It will, it will beefen the defence up, the midfield as well, and I think we'll just go with one up front. But I think we'll, we'll, we'll we're back against the wall all night, so I think we'll need to be really strong at the back, but... That's been a kind of Achilles heel for Celtic in Europe recently, but you never know. It's just if we go with us on for the first 20, then 
See how it goes. Yeah. Odds and Edward, of course, <laughs> we've been talking about the challenge from from Scott McKenna. He, he travelled. He should be fit to take part. Yeah, it was a dead would leg. You, would you expect him to to feature along with Griffiths one or the other? No, I think he'll probably start with Griffiths up front uh, or, or or Edward. But I think probably Griffiths just now, um, and perhaps um, as, as Stephen said, maybe just give an extra player maybe to the midfield. Um, you know, you can be pragmatic without um, you know. Stifling your philosophy You know You just be a little bit more pragmatic You can Celtic will still get the ball down They'll still pass They'll still try to link up the play Through the zones You know They won't go back to front That's not Celtic style They won't put 10 men behind the ball And just camp But You can put an extra midfield player in And just Just sit off them a little bit And be a little bit more condensed And and try and Stifle the opposition But when you win the ball It's about You know That counter-attacking And how quickly you can do it And how effective so I think that that's something that Celtic are more than capable of doing. They've got the players in the wide areas with pace. They've got players in midfield who have got um, ter- terrific uh, retention of the ball, um, but they have to beat their best. I think Brendan Rodgers will have an eye. His team selection tomorrow night, he'll have one eye on Sunday at Perth. Mm-hmm. Because in, in European football in the past, it's always been Champions League, I think. To be fair to Celtic They were going to Scoosh the title Not so this case The indications after Six, seven games We're going to have a title race uh, On our hands And I think that Brendan Rodgers Getting into the next International break where His of paramount importance Will be to win on Sunday More so than to get A, a positive result Tomorrow night So I think His selection tomorrow night There'll be a, a lot of bearing On what he wants to do On Sunday Because they have to win that game Stephen I just wonder If being the match winner On Saturday Does enough to see Scott Sinclair Potentially come back in. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine. I think no. Not a game like this. I wouldn't say so. No, I think it'd be Lee Griffiths, and if he plays another attacking player, I think it would maybe be uh, Edward if he's fully fit. Yeah, I wonder how different the challenge is, Jim. When you, you know you talk about whether it's tactically, because the criticism of Celtic in the last couple of months has been that. They're, they're doing all the old things in terms of they're keeping the ball fine. Mm-hmm. The, the possession's good. They've just not been able to to sort of break the attack down. That this might be a different challenge because maybe it will be Celtic who have mm-hmm. to stifle at times. Yeah, I mean, again, when you go into Europe, you, you do have to approach it differently, particularly away from home. But we saw that against uh, Rosenberg in the, the the last game there. Even in the first game in the Champions League qualifier, when Rosenberg came scored early on, Celtic were a wee bit tentative to start with. But they, they managed to they kind of grew into the game And I felt they'd done that a bit in the, in the last game Even though it was late with Griffiths You know, they, they had a couple of chances And um, they still keep the ball But what they're not doing is They're not moving it quick enough um, They're not moving it forward enough There's too many occasions And particularly when they go over the right-hand side Where they're coming back the pitch They're going square the pitch And that's allowing teams to get behind the ball And get into their shape So, you know, but away from home Celtic don't have to press mm-hmm. the game You know they can sit sit back a little bit And then when they win it Sinclair might play in a, in a wide area If he wants that pace Forrest on the other side uh, And then and then you know As I said They just give 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 him another three In the middle of the pitch um, To make it nice and tight So that that could be the way they play Like a 4-5-1 um, But when they break 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 with um, with the wide areas at pace And, and as I said, when you've got Griffiths in the team You've always mm-hmm. likely to score a goal From, from anywhere Stephen what before we let you go with your thoughts I know you wanted to make a point about these uh, League Cup semi-finals I think they're, they're ludicrous the way it's been done that uh, Celtic and Hearts both come out the uh, heart first and then we're the ones that have got to suffer uh, and another point I think as well I think uh, 30,000 odd thousand fans Celtic fans going through to Edinburgh and Hearts fans I think they could be a police a nightmare I think 
Well, on that point though, Stephen, is that yeah. if you think that's a pleasing nightmare, surely that's better than Aberdeen and Rangers fans both going through to Edinburgh on the same day. Well, as I said to you before, I think we should have moved the Celtic game the following week because I'm due to meet anyway, Hearts in the league, so had that made sense to me, and then just caught the game up whenever. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, there's no winners in this situation here. That he can't. I mean, they they had to move the games. They should have done it to start, but once it was decided. There's always going to be someone who's not happy. I mean, I heard uh, Brendan Rodgers saying about his fans, and he's absolutely right. There's, there's fans travel from all over the world to watch Celtic, and they'll book flights, as they yeah. said, uh, the boats, whatever. But there's also fans all over the world who watch Rangers, and they'll come from Belfast and and, and, and and Canada and all over the place and that stuff to see these big games as well. So they were, they're a similar situation if they get moved. Mm-hmm. So and, and Aberdeen fans are always travelling down, as they say. So, listen, there's no way you can keep everybody happy. But for me, the sensible solution was to move one of the games. And for Celtic fans, unfortunately, the majority of them are unhappy with it. But for the simple logistics of it, it's definitely the best solution. Big game for Celtic tomorrow night. Big game for Rangers as well. Stay tuned for the thoughts of Stephen Gerrard because they're coming up next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. Guidi and Jim Duffy are here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Give us a call if you want involved, uh, and if you'd rather tweet, then you can do so at Clyde SSB. We're about to hear from Stephen Gerrard. So, Rangers fans, uh, give us your thoughts on tomorrow night's game. Have you got a bit of trepidation because of the performance against Livingston, or do you look at your other European results and say, we'll be fine, tomorrow will take care of itself? 0141 Let's get the teaser up and running, though. Um, Remember, do you remember your Aberdeen question from last week? Yeah, yes. I gave, I gave the, no, the non-Scottish version the non-Scottish to Roger yeah. Hanna oh, uh, and Gordon DL last night. So, and Gary Holt was very good at it. To be oh, fair, he oh, came up with some crackers. Uh, for tonight, though, um, Eric Duff sent this one in. We're looking for this is a, another variation on one we've had. Nine players who've scored in the Scottish Cup final since 1980 for Rangers or Celtic, but they've never been capped for anyone. Okay. So, nine players have scored in the Scottish Cup final since 1980 for Rangers or Celtic, but they've never been capped no, internationally. Cap. Okay, Joe Miller. Yes, 1989. Okay, George Alberts. No. No? Mm-hmm. Scottish Cup final. Celtic. Oh, uh, uh, um, John Thomas Perrier Dumbey or something like that. <laughs> no, I know who you meant, but he's not one. Nine players Celtic or Rangers mm-hmm. since 1980, but they've never been capped. Um, so some some are Scottish, like like Joe Miller, Michael Moles. Nope. All right, I'll give you some thinking right, time, okay. uh, and we'll get back to it. Rangers fans, give us a shout. Oh, on. I've got Lorenzo Amoruso. Oh, yeah, Lorenzo Amoruso. I thought you would get that one quickly. Okay, so Amoruso and Miller. So far, you've got seven to get. Uh, give us your thoughts on these comments from Stephen Gerrard. He says they'll take the game to Rapid Vienna from the first whistle. Uh, he's not taking anything less than second best against the Austrians, admitting they do need to make their home games count, um, but is of course looking to build momentum after that two-all draw against Villarreal. Well, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to accept my team sitting back and um, just waiting for the game. Uh, I'm waiting to. Waiting for a moment to join in the game, we have to be on it from the first whistle to the last. And I've mentioned many a times how I wanted to look and what I expect of them, but the players have got to go and deliver that. And I'm sure the supporters are wanting that themselves. 
but the players know they, they've, we've spoke about it and the players have given us feedback that they feel better when, when, when we're on the front foot. We're, we're looking for a, a win tomorrow and it puts us in a really strong place but we also uh, respect this team, they've got very very good players um, you know, out wide and in, in midfield positions and up front they're, they're very capable of hitting us if we're not right so um, this is a level that we all wanted to be involved in and judge ourselves against and I think it's a fantastic challenge and opportunity for me players to uh, show Rapid how good of a team we are here at home um, again the responsibility lies on us in terms of getting the crowd going it's another full house so we can't wait for the game to start and um, you know we've paid more attention to ourselves rather than the opposition in terms of how we want it to look um, and we're looking for a strong performance and a reaction from the weekend uh, for Rangers tomorrow, um, I think it's probably quite simple, Jim. That you're hoping, if you're Steven Gerrard, that the performance is more Villarreal than Livingston. <laughs> would have to be. Um, oh, great to Livingston, but um, Rangers were way off the pace, and um, you know, psychologically as well. I felt they just went up for it. You know, and maybe a lot of talk about the pitch, and you know, I think Jamie Murphy in the paper saying hope no one gets injured, and sometimes that seeps into the conscious of the players. You know, they're just maybe a wee bit tentative. And they certainly seem to start that way, and I think it. I think all the Livingston players sussed it and just thought, right, okay, let's let's um, get in about them and, and make it uncomfortable. And, and I think that, um, but in Europe, all credit to Rangers, uh, they've been an absolutely different class. Um, you know, the, they've approached the games in a, a very methodical, professional, experienced actually for a team who are inexperienced. Um, in Europe, and 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 kind of been they've managed the games very well. So I think uh, you hear Stephen Gerrard saying, I think you'll be looking for a big response from his team, uh, and I would expect it because you know they've managed to bounce back from one or two the, the one or two disappointments that they have had. They've done, they've done, uh, they've come back well. So um, I expect a big performance from Rangers. Uh, Rangers fans, thoughts on tomorrow night's game? Then oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Where are your confidence levels going into that one? Scott is a Rangers fan. From Lennox Town, Scott What what are your general thoughts ahead of kick-off then tomorrow? Hi guys, how you doing? Good thanks Hi Scott uh, I'm feeling a bit confident getting into the game I think we'll, we'll do not bad um, To be honest with you, the end of Europe's a bonus this year We're, we're kind of really kind of focusing on the league Hopefully that's, that's, that's my mm. ideal has the, has the Villarreal result changed things for you, Scott? I mean, maybe when the draw was made, you thought, oh, you know, this is going to be tough, and we've, we've done well to get there, and anything that happens is a bonus. But I, I wonder if that draw over there against the, the so-called hardest team in the group has maybe just raised everyone's belief levels a little bit. I think it has. It's, it's, certainly, got, it's certainly got us going. Um, but then <laughs> the game against Livingston's probably brought us all back down the earth for a wee bump. Listen, the, the home games are the ones I think we, we want to try and win. Hopefully, we get sort of three points from all three teams. That's that's the dream scenario. But if we, we'll take what we get. You know, it's, I think it's it's going to be a, a spectacle anyway, so it should be good. Yeah, Mark Guidi, the Rangers fans will absolutely love that. A big Europe. I mean, I know yeah. they had some in the qualifiers, but this is it. When, when you're into the group stages, the first time we've had a big European group stage match at Ibrox in a, in a number of years. Yeah. You can see why. Stephen Gerrard will hope to harness that and, like he says, take the game to Rapid Vienna because that will be noisy at kickoff. Yeah, you know, fifty thousand uh, Rangers supporters. You've been waiting seven years or so for a night like that's upon them uh, tomorrow. Rapid Vienna on the back of a really good result against Villarreal a couple of Thursdays ago. So um, yeah, I think that uh, Rangers will be bouncing. They'll just have to be careful they don't get too carried away. 
uh, you know, and the fans and not get caught out of the back. I don't know about Rapid Vienna's strengths, weaknesses, but um, certainly um, Rangers have looked vulnerable in a few games at the back, and they just need to be careful, particularly at set pieces. You know, I thought they looked really solid at the start of the season, but there's been two or three games you think they really need to. To tighten up So Stephen Gerrard And his players Will be well aware of that Tomorrow night But it'd be great To see them getting A, a positive result Any early thoughts On team selection Scott guys You would Particularly like to see Featuring uh, I hope he sticks With uh, Katic and Goldson At the back uh, The Blue Warrels Come in a couple of times I've not been I don't know if he's just Need a bit more time To bed in But I'm, I'm not convinced With what I've seen so far mm. The other two boys They've been together For a bit longer They were what, what Jim was saying there You know Any time I think Rangers have looked A bit dodgy at the back It's always been Particularly the last two games Your man came in I thought he was a kind of weak link there In the defence Yeah that's a tough one Jim Because You know it's always difficult When you break up A, a sort of familiar partnership mm-hmm. But then again I suppose Warrell played Against Villarreal didn't he Which is one of Ranger results Of the season Yeah um, but they did Look a wee bit exposed At times against Villarreal Particularly obviously the Early on they lost the goals early But Katic I think And, and Goldson Did look a terrific partnership They seemed to balance Each other really well I think they were grown as a partnership and sometimes when you split that partnership up you bring someone else in. Even if he's a good player, it just takes a little bit of, you know, a little bit of adjusting. And even, you know, small fractions, you know, if you're a, a couple of yards one way, a couple of yards the other way, or you, you haven't dropped off enough or pushed up with the same as the other guy, all those little uh, things against top class players can leave you mm. exposed. So I I would I would be with Golson and Katich all day and because I think that uh, you know they've proven away in the other games particularly like Maribor and stuff like that where I think the you know the and, and you know they've, they've, they've looked a really solid partnership uh, what about the, the the change of manager it seems to me as if quite often when when Celtic certainly I've, I've had it a couple of times when when you in, in Europe recently and there's a managerial change just before yeah. the fixture um Rapid Vienna seem pretty relaxed about it. They've appointed, in the words of their uh, director, a, a legend in Dietmar Kubauer um, after sacking the previous manager. Does that play any part tomorrow, do you think, to impact well, you, anything? Well, if you take uh, the World Cup into uh, consideration, <laughs> then uh, the Spain, then it can make a big difference. You know, they, they, they brought a legend in in Hierro, but uh, they had an absolute disastrous tournament. So, yeah, it can play a part. You know, it can work you know, one way or the other. You know, the. You know the players can get a lift if they 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 believe that this guy is going to take them forward. But also at the same token, you know they've been playing a certain way, and the new manager might come in and want to change things. And if the players don't grasp it right from the right from the start, then Rangers might take advantage of it. To make it harder from Stephen Gerrard's perspective, maybe a you know from pre pre match analysis. Yeah. Maybe maybe a, a curveball or two that he wouldn't mm. have been expecting. Yeah, definitely because I mean he might again he could change the shape. It, you know you get managers who play traditional ways. You know some four three. I'm a four three three manager, a four four two manager, a three five two etc. So one manager might be wanting to play one way, and this other guy comes in and says, "No, I, I like it slightly different." And you've you've planned to play, to play against a team in a certain formation, and um, you know he might change it. Yeah, but it's really all about Rangers. Rangers have to make sure they're on the front foot. The tempo high, they use the adrenaline of the Rangers crowd, the big crowd. They use that in a positive manner to, to get at the opposition. And it doesn't matter what shape they play then. If Rangers have the ball, they're going to have to do all the work. Uh, Scott, your final thoughts? Uh, I think, it's, just like the, what we say, you know, I think if Rangers turn up, I don't think it's really interesting what, what the other team yeah. do, as long as, as Mr. Gerrard's got his plans for what we're trying to do, that's the main thing. If I could just make another quick point mm-hmm. as well, just regarding the semi-finals. Yeah. I know a lot of folk coming on, and, and yeah, a lot, you can't please all the people all the time, but 
there's this thing going on about Hearts have got the home advantage. But if the draw had been the other way, that Rangers and Celtic were drawn together, would Aberdeen want to play a Hamden against Hearts? So they didn't have a home advantage, so you'd have the old firm travelling over to Edinburgh. Yeah, I mean, it, again, it before, it, um, uh, Celtic Scott... not play at Hamden as well. I mean, I know it was a while back, but... Yeah. Yeah. They've got home advantage there. Yeah, 1995, they played the Hamden Scott. <laughs> that was just yesterday, wasn't it? <laughs> but again, yeah. if, if you're Aberdeen, this doesn't. You know, if you're Aberdeen or Hearts, yeah. every year, if you get to this stage, you have to go to a stadium, yes. a national stadium, a neutral national stadium, where there is a Celtic end and a Rangers <laughs> end. Is that any different? Yeah, it is because you don't buy a ticket with a Celtic end or a Rangers end. That's just it's traditionally because those two teams have the biggest support and therefore. They need the, they need the and they've got so much familiarity with the stadium. Yeah, they have because they've been the most successful clubs in Scottish football. And it says, Mark says, you don't get punished for being successful. But listen, it doesn't matter what we say here. That there's going to be people who are unhappy about it. I think the process is was what's antagonising mm-hmm. people yep. more than the actual decision. Do you want to know who it's antagonising? Celtic. Because they've released the following mm-hmm. statement. The mm-hmm. SPFL board's decision not to hold a ballot to decide the venues of the forthcoming semi-final matches is both irrational and discriminatory Okay Strong words Yeah and you can understand the point of view But again I'll go back to it Why? Mm-hmm. Why didn't you toss a coin Hold a ballot Names out a hat Whatever you want to do But yeah when you don't do that You leave yourselves open to the accusations Call that numbers Go to call numbers Whatever it is Jim But do something you should be but again, play five sides Face well, it I really think Neil Doncaster you, Neil, has you, to you turn your back right, Turn your back <laughs> Right so you're and, number one And you're number, number two one. It's easy Then you turn and say like, One and three You go brilliant That's it that's, oh, that's, uh, And then There's always some That you can't remember What number, number they were oh, I know But that. if you're one to four You like to well, think to be We fair, could have pulled that off There's every chance In the SPFL They might Somebody might have forgot their number Celtic have a history When they've used that Terms as strong as that Language as strong as that Gordon That tells me That Celtic ain't going to let this go And this may be already In the hands Of the lawyers To go and pursue That'll be good fun on the phones mm. In the forthcoming days uh, Thanks to Scott in Lennox Town Callum is a Celtic fan in Saltcoats Give us your thoughts then Callum Hi How you doing guys um, I think Regards to the uh, Decision to put Celtic at Murrayfield um, And Rangers and Aberdeen At uh, Hamden Is Ludicrous. Um, just looking at it from Celtic's perspective, uh, Celtic on Thursday night are away from home, and Rangers are at home. Um, if you're going to give either Celtic or Rangers the early kickoff further away from Glasgow, should that not be Rangers? You know why make Celtic travel uh, away from home in Europe and then again travel for an early kickoff in the cup? How much no. difference would the would the three hours make, Jim, to match preparation? No, I I don't. I, that that's one argument I really don't get because it's Edinburgh. It's li- listen, it's forty five minutes away. Celtic would normally stay, stay overnight anyway. And do you know where they, they stay usually? Yeah, the the quarter yeah. normally which is, that Eurocentric, which is halfway, which is halfway probably anyway, to Glasgow, Glasgow, Edinburgh. Yeah. yeah. So I, I no, that that that's an argument I don't I don't buy. Um, as I said, I think that uh, listen, you know, the process as we said was a mess. And there's there's going to be a lot a lot of people unhappy about it, but for me, you know, they couldn't play it in the same the same. I think everyone agreed that it was ludicrous to, to look at the original um, decision, so they've had to change it. Um, and now everyone else seems to be unhappy as well. Um, See, I, I agree. I, I, I don't I, I don't think it's a major problem. No. The kickoff time, the fact that Celtic are kicking off first, 
but they're playing away from home in Europe on Thursday night. However, you put that in with the fact that it's at Murray Field, and it goes back to my original point. The SPFL are leaving themselves mm. wide open for this to be thrown at them. Now, if they toss a coin and if they say that, you say, okay, I don't really agree with it, but I understand where they're coming from. Or, you know what, we're at Murrayfield at one o'clock, the first kickoff, but it was a toss of the coin, so we just go with it. But the fact that none of this is taking place, mm-hmm. they're leaving themselves open to it, and there's a language used by Celtic in their, in their statement. The decisions made are discriminatory. Callum? Well, I mean, if you, I know it's not maybe a million miles away, Edinburgh, but if you're going to have to pick between Celtic and Rangers, why not pick Rangers if they're at home in Thursday night? I know. I, I, w- I wouldn't pick either. I don't think it's fair to pick either, Callum. You toss a coin, you put it in a hat, whatever you want to describe it. I'm not saying it should be Rangers. What I'm saying is, make it fair and put it in a hat. You know, and pick them out. That that's what it should have been. Okay, thanks to Callum and Saltcoats. How are you doing with this teaser? Eric sent Crazy. it in. Uh, remember, folks, we're always on the lookout for your questions. This is when you get your chance to pick your wits against these guys. So full time at Clyde One. Nine players have scored in the Scottish Cup final since 1980 for Rangers or Celtic, but they've never been capped. You've got Amoruso and Joe Miller so far. One of Jim's old players, we Nacho, Nacho Novo. Yes, in the 2009 final, I think it was. Another one. Jim's got one. Jaws McCluskey. Yes, the 1980, all the way back. That's the first one. Yep. And I've got another one mm-hmm. from May 29th, 1999. Rod Wallace, Rangers won Celtic now. Interestingly not On no Eric's list Maybe he got a cap Did he get cap for England then Did he mm. Maybe What about uh, Gary Hooper Yes 2013 well final Against uh, Was that Motherwell final Gary Hooper No, I know he didn't no, score many goals But I also know he didn't get a cap Which was an absolute yeah. disgrace But what about John Brown No so, so far what about Alan Thompson No We've got Lorenzo Amoruso <laughs> Nacho Novo Gary Hooper Joe Miller George Thompson. McCluskey Let's oh, find out the rest yeah. of the answers next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard, Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy are here with me, Gordon Duncan. They're racking their brains on this teaser and I must say, Mark, I'm, I'm giving you, Eric Duff has given us nine players who've scored in the Scottish Cup final since 1980 for Rangers or Celtic and have never been capped. He doesn't have Rod, Rod Wallace, Wallace down. Rod Wallace only has an England B cap from what oh, I well. can see, so I'm I'm sticking him in. So it's ten then. Yeah, it looks like it. Eric sacked and it's ten. But we've got another one, Bobby Russell. Yes, nineteen eighty one final, Bobby Russell. Another brilliant player. So you're uh, looking for one you've only got three to get. Yeah, toy on there, I think, Gordon, to be honest. I would say the only clue I'll give you at the moment are all Scots. All Scots. Yeah, so you, you you've done the foreign ones, the Lorenzo Amorusos, the Nacho Novos. The three you're looking for are Scots. All right, back to the phones then. 01419511025. Alistair is a Rangers fan from Corker Hill. Hi, Alistair. Uh, good evening, Gordon. Good evening, Jim. Good evening, Mark. Hello, Hi, Alistair. Hi, guys. Mark, could I have a wee pop at you first before we go on further, if you don't mind? I'd love that. On you go. Getting back to the 1995 game with Celtic and Airdrie. Uh-huh. I was after Celtic at Hamden for a year and they played the Scottish Cup final at Hamden that year. That's right, and you're absolutely right. P- P- Peter Rafferty, a much respected Celtic supporters club official, wanted the game at Ibrox mm-hmm. to get more in and be more fair. Yep. So I think Celtic, I think I've just got to take the thing the way it lies, mate. No, I'll repeat what I said. The, the components that I'm talking about, I don't think are major issues. But you do leave yourself wide open 
for a statement that one that Celtic have just issued Alistair when you oh, don't have right. a toss of the coin right. and you do make them the first game. I don't think it's a major bearing. The fact that Hearts played there, you know, nine months ago, um, or sorry, more than nine months ago, but it does leave the process open to question if you don't just, you know, have it, if you like, a neutral outcome. So, listen, I don't think it's a major thing, but the SPFL are leaving themselves wide open and Celtic's statement, I think, is quite right because of that. I think I went a bit overboard in what I've said, but it's something to fight it. That's their business. Yeah. Uh, we'll get back to tomorrow night, and thanks for that just now. I think the Rangers will do it tomorrow night, despite last Sunday's setback. And I also, I thought that uh, Sunday would be lack penetration, whatever. But Ibrook seems to be the place now in my travels. It's a role reversal of last season now when we're on my travels. We're picked up at Ibrook. But I think they will do the business tomorrow night. You can see why I know it's early But you can see why people Are, are, are making that point Aye. Mark Because yeah. how many times In this show Did we hear last season You know Ranger terrible at home Really lacking something at home mm-hmm. uh, And now it seems When they go to these away grounds Tony Macaroni Pataudry Firth Park um, and, and teams sort of Get, get in and about them and, and to be fair To Livingston Played some actually Decent stuff at the weekend As yeah. well These are the games They're struggling in at the moment Yeah um, Tomorrow night's an ideal chance To bounce back And, and again And I mentioned it earlier In terms of the the importance of Celtics League game on Sunday, just as much for for Rangers, you know, because Rangers, uh, you know, if you want to be genuine title contenders, and, and Alistair will agree, a you've got to win home game uh, away games, you've got to go to the likes of Livingston for part of one, which Rangers haven't managed to do so far. But you've then got to beat your league leaders, and that's what's the, the story on Sunday. So it, it builds into you know a really important 180 minutes for Rangers starting tomorrow night. But for me, the most important thing for Rangers, I I would say. Is to actually win the game on Sunday um, Is to beat Hearts and put down a statement Actually they are genuine contenders under Stephen mm. Gerrard uh, Jim we were asking about personnel wise You know for Celtic odds and Edouard does, does he feature Lee Griffiths Do you play an extra midfielder All the rest of it What are the main considerations that That Stephen Gerrard has to take into account You think when picking his team tomorrow I think I think they would I think that when uh, Ryan Kent's played And uh, you know whether it's uh, Glenn Middleton, who's done really well when he's come in, um, I think that that width gives him the real pace and penetration. As Alistair was saying, they lacked a bit of penetration against uh, Livingston, but Ibrooks, you know, and the, the the pitch, the you know, the as I said, the you know, the expanse of Ibrooks, getting it switched out to the wide players and getting those situations where you can stretch the opposition defences. I think for me that's the areas. I mean, I know sometimes he'll go with Candias, sometimes away from home, particularly because he does such an unselfish job uh, tracking people. Uh, and he does deliver a good ball as well, so he could well play him on the right, maybe Kent mm. on the left. But either way, I would, I think, I think width is really important for Rangers getting those wide guys uh, and stretching the defence because he generally plays with the one striker. So whether that's Lafferty or whether that's um, Morelos, um, you know, is, is Morelos mm. available? Is that too much band? Too much band. So, but I think for me, the width and and that gives him the pace as well to 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 utilise. Gordon, sorry, it's been flagged up to me. Your pals just text me. Michael has just texted me to say there must be eleven players in because Olivier and Sham scored against Motherwell. I'll change the question. Let's just make it as as many as you can think of. Is that right? Olivier and Sham scored against Motherwell. And he's not been capped by France. Yeah, I guess why not? We'll add them so on. It's so it's a, could be thirty-five then. Three Scots could be thirty-five. Really? I've got I've got one. I think it's in the back of my head, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. John McDonald twice. Oh, yeah. well twice. Done. I'd never get that. Paul Solo eighty-one and eighty-two. <laughs> <laughs> eighty-one and eighty-two. Bob Malcolm was a good goal scorer, so that was the mm, thing. Nope. 
Bob there now He's not um, McDonald's. Two you've got are, are both Rangers as well One Early 90s And one quite recently Early 90s That's what Walters Walters uh, Give you a couple of minutes on that um, I just want to read a bit more Of that Celtic statement To, to you Mark I sort of picked what I considered To, to, to be the highlight Earlier on he, Here's one the statement says We understand that those bodies consulted Including the police and broadcasters Had no preference whatsoever On which match should take place at each venue And therefore There was only one appropriate method Of reaching a fair outcome You know, tossing the coin like you say mm-hmm. That's quite interesting Because, you, you know yeah. We said at the top of the show That there were so many unanswered questions And perhaps the assumption was That the police had said No, we can't have Rangers and Aberdeen fans yep. Both going to Murrayfield Celtic statement saying that that's actually not the case and so that the police had no problem with it. A suggestion that stinks. The SPFL must come out and defend themselves, Gordon, because these allegations are hanging over them. And when Celtic have got the bit between their teeth, they will not let go of it. And, and I can understand why. Like I say, I can, you know, it might sound trivial, but it doesn't sound like a fair process. But only the SPFL can clear this mm. up. And I'll go back to it again. Six par statements from your PR firm isn't good enough on this occasion. This is a national semi-final and they've been accused of wrongdoing by one of the major clubs in the country. They must come out and publicly declare the whole process from this point last week until six o'clock tonight. For me, I just cannot understand how something seems very simple and common sense is to get... It's only four clubs. It's not 40 clubs. It's four clubs. It's two venues. You know, it's not taking over in the country. To say right Okay listen These are the options here Sit down with the four mm. Chief executives They, said, they said they did You know initially Yeah but obviously Now to say right there, And then when they come to the agreement That one will be played In uh, Murrayfield One will be played Then they sit down and say yeah. Okay right What's the best way We can deal with this Take, they're, they're, As you say The broadcast please, And then just say right So if they're all sitting on the table And there's not a unanimous decision Then they have to then say Well we have to make a decision That's fine If, I, if, I, if it's not a unanimous decision We are the body We are the governing body here We have to make a decision well, To be fair I think that that essentially is, is kind of what's happened Mark Because you remember The initial discussion You know Anne Budge was there And the mm-hmm. representatives were there And Neil Doncaster said Everyone had been consulted Aberdeen and Hart Sort of disagreed um, but, but another line in Celtic statement Says that Celtic Chief Executive Peter Lowell Was excused from the SPFL board meeting Due to the subject under discussion In yeah. other words you know, He had a vested interest So of the course. SPFL board Have decided Essentially they've, yeah. they've made that call Listen that's Gordon I don't Have a problem With the decision But I don't think That they've reached it Under the best possible circumstances For themselves Again leaving themselves open For ac- accusations but if there's nothing to hide And it's been a fair and due process Then please come out and tell everybody Exactly what it is And put this to bed Otherwise They've got a potential legal case Hanging over them Jim you remember the story yeah, Jim Farry The SFA George Cadetti Celtic never let it go And they're suggesting Their statement mm. that, that, that something stinks Right on to the teaser Eric was looking for Nine players who've scored In the Scottish Cup final Since 1980 For Rangers or Celtic And never been capped That number is growing Because Mark's thrown in A couple of others Rod Wallace and Olivier and Cham We've got Bobby Russell John McDonald Lorenzo Amoruso Nacho Novo Gary Hooper Joe Miller George McCluskey Which means you've got two to get I said they were both Scots And they were both Rangers players oh. I'm not sure, I'm not sure. Uh, Alec Cleland No Gary Boland No David Dodds No I mean you're, you're obviously You're in the right neck of the woods Era wise mm. David Robson Oh no David Robson did David get capped What about the recent one? 
Really recently Against Motherwell No Rangers remember Rangers Didn't say they won the cup I didn't say they won the final But they were in it 2016 Against Hibs Who scored against Hibs I know Anthony Stokes scored for Hibs But I can't remember who scored for Rangers He's still there He's still there He's a Scottish player And hasn't been capped Andy Halliday Andy Halliday The year you're looking for For the other one is 1993 1993 was Rangers v Hibs Now this guy also played for Dundee United briefly He finished his career I think with Air United Actually moved abroad um, After his spell with Rangers Morris Ross It's the hardest one by a mile by no. the way 93 I'll just tell you Time's up yes. Neil Murray Oh Neil Murray Thank you to Mark Greedy and Jim Murray. Duffy Stay where you are Callum Gallagher's up next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years.